cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello, and welcome back to and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Matt Burton on the board. SP Futures uh, actually up 25 cents. It was up a whole lot more earlier. NASDAQ Futures up 99. We had a... Uh, horrendous day in the market yesterday which we'll get to in a minute and then after the close we had a uh, microsoft to google a uh, beat so they went flying back up so microsoft actually up 20 bucks and it was just me but you two tech dudes matt and kevin is this ai artificial intelligence is this the new cloud all you do is mention it and your stack runs up I mean, <laughs> is this the new bs or what is what is this it may not be, to be. Is it i think i think that works just say it just say the words well wasn't it what we went from B to B, remember that was the thing for a while. And then it mm-hmm. was uh, the cloud. We don't hear much about the cloud anymore. That's that's off. And we used to hear. Uh, yeah, well, everybody figured out it's just somebody else's computer. <laughs> yeah, but, but it took like a couple of years. Oh man, the cloud. He's in the cloud. Oh geez, got to got buy that stock. Uh, so we have all kinds of pieces of information running around here today to the point where between Kevin and Russell, we're going to have uh, less time, uh, more more subjects. So. Uh, We've got the uh, First Republic Bank. We've got uh, all kinds of issues. Those guys uh, had a straddle of four dollars on a fifteen dollars stock, and the stock's down like nine. So you know, <laughs> I don't know how you'd buy a four dollars straddle on a fifteen dollars stock, but if you did, you were a, a happy winner, I guess. If you'd have sold it, in eh, not so much. Um, Kevin, I'm looking here at uh, maybe I should leave this a little bit more for uh, Russell. I'm talking, to, listening to the uh, uh, how the hell do you pronounce it? H H-U-W Pill? There's the name. Is that Hugh? Hugh Pill? Okay. Uh, he is the uh, Bank of England's chief economist. And I, I, I boy, I tell you what, I don't, is, there, is there, did all of a sudden somebody spray out like Legionnaire's disease out of a shower three years ago and just say it's okay to, to lie to your population like they're a bunch of morons? I mean, it, I, mean I know it kind of has always been going on, but is this, this has reached a new, uh, um, whatever. Here, uh, well, don't don't rule out stupidity. Uh, yeah, I do. One of the things I remember about I mean, I, uh, reading about the big lie that was written by Hitler, actually, in Mein Kampf, was that it, even after uh, the big lie is totally disproven by just about everybody, if you did it right, years later, 40% of the people still believe it. <clears throat> I don't know if that's a, a good thing to say about humanity or what, but mm. it doesn't sound so good. Did it? No matter what, people still believe. Anyway, this guy is, is he's commiserating with the British people about inflation. Um, what we're facing now is that reluctance to accept that, yes, we're all worse off. We all have to take our share. Bend over. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> uh, Pill said on an episode of Columbia Law School and the Milstein Center's Beyond Unprecedented podcast. Now, man, how come we don't have a... Stacks and Jacks doesn't... It sounds good, but it's not as good as Beyond Unprecedented. Yeah, we're going to need more 
more more time, more funding for that, or at least at least the ability to, to lie to people. That yeah, <laughs> that's, that's something special. Yeah. That's, is that like is that like one step beyond on uh, on steroids, Kevin? For those who remember it all. Yeah, it, it is. It is impossible to be beyond unprecedented. Un, uh, unprecedented. Mm. It is impossible to be more unprecedented. It's kind of an absolute term, isn't it? Yeah, one would think so. They're just messing with words. It's like it's like. I mean, once once you're unprecedented, how could you be more unprecedented? It's like sim- telling somebody something is an empty vacuum. Well, yeah, yes. vacuum is it's empty. Yes. <laughs> it's like uh, more unique, <laughs> more <laughs> the most unique. Yeah. Um, anyway, to try and pass that cost on to one of our compatriots and say we'll be all right, but they will have to take our share. That pass the parcel game is one that is generating inflation. Right. God, does that sound like, you know, newspeak? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, yesterday we had uh, Chipotle came out and said, "Don't worry, we're fine because we were able to raise prices last year ten percent. Uh, that's good for them, I think." Uh, well, it, it's good. It's good for them, but it is, as you like to say, it's like that's the first beer. Yeah. You know, it, that that's it's really great now. The problem is, it's not going to be really great. Uh, you know. Two years from now, well, Kevin, just is a that, that, you know because you you can't raise your prices indefinitely, and and they're going to choke on the cost at some point. Um, I think they're they have an ability. How, how long? I mean, I can't put my finger on the exact numbers, but I think it's <clears throat> somewhat. Well, I think it's fairly obvious if you look around uh, that the spread of cash over the last three years with the COVID. And the idea that some places went out of business and others didn't, some were forced out, others weren't. I mean that kind of stuff. Um, that the the split of cash is really, really more narrow than it ever was. That if you if you you know you, you might find uh, you know the Greyhound bus is looking for people to ride, yet the first class cabin in the in the plane is jammed. I mean that's kind of what we're seeing. And the more expensive the restaurant, the more crowded it is. It seems to me. I mean in a uh, but anyway, we we see that. I, I wouldn't know because unlike you, I don't go to the really expensive restaurants. I will. I will I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm more of a, a plebe here. And actually, you know, the, the difference is that that people tell me. I don't. <laughs> One of our listeners just got back from Vegas. He couldn't believe how expensive everything was. Going to going to the day of the, you know, the, the three dollar buffet down there like seventy five or something. It's like unbelievable. But I'm saying this dude here. I just go back this. Uh, Pill is discussing the series of inflationary shocks that had fueled inflation over the last 18 months and pandemic supply disruption and government household support programs boosting demand to the Russian invasion of Ukraine resulting spike in European energy prices, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a guy like me, you know, one of these guys that we're supposed to all be dead by now, but a few of us are still alive. Um, If you go to the United Kingdom money supply number from 2019, where it was bumping along at roughly 2.4 trillion pounds, I think this is. So between then and 2023, we're up to 3.2, which is essentially a 20, uh, uh, what, a 30-some percent increase, just like here. So anybody who doesn't think that your inflation is going to be up 30-some percent, you know, the the velocity, I'm not going to go into an economics class, the velocity could drop a little. But you absolutely would expect inflation to be up 25% or more. And it is. And I, I don't understand why 
people that are in these kinds of, I mean, Milton Friedman's got to be, if I knew where he was buried, I could probably find it by the sound with him spinning around and around in there, in his grave. Why, why do these guys not think it's, it's, it's their fault, Kevin? I mean, they, they, I'm not saying that there wasn't a reason to do it. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that there was a, a demand to just give people money. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying, how do they think now that it's, if we all, if we all just keep our hands in our pocket, we're all going to be okay if we don't raise prices to the next day. Why, why do they have to turn into morons at this point? Why don't you say this is what it is? I think they've been morons all along, Tom. I, yeah, I, this is a... But I mean, that, that's... You know, it was, yeah. it was morons to get us there. Because people don't like to say those simple words. There's a great, you know, from Happy Days, the Fonz, trying to spit out the words, I was wrong. Going, yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> unable to do it. I, I think that's what we're looking at, really. But but people might actually believe this BS, or is that? I guess that's part of the. That's what they're trying to do here. But it's it's, it's not a. I was just listening to Oyen today. Well, if if you say it in an un, in a non-understandable way, then everybody's just going to think you're smart. Uh, I guess. Well, Greenspan was good at that. Greenspan was great at that. But I, I, on the way in this morning, uh, um, so so little Matt here got caught. He's been very clever by dodging the Kennedy, which is a total fiasco here now in this mm. city. By dodging, it takes me maybe 35 minutes to go from downtown to Armitage now at night, Kevin. The thing, it's just gridlock, the whole city. Every every Angle Street, Elston, Clybourne, where people are, are trying to Well, Matt has been kind of sneaky, and he's been going down to Tri-State and getting on the Ike. And like swinging around. That's the way. Well, of course, this morning, first thing I get in the car, I hear, ah, right, we got a big problem on the Ike. And I'm going, oops, <laughs> I think Matt's going to be late. And uh, sure enough, his his alternate was alternated or something. Yeah, um, it seems any way you do it, trying to get into the city, it's just uh, uh, everything is everything is time consuming. And I don't understand why these, these, these you know, highways that we built to get here in a quick way are just yeah, not no, working for us anymore. It's uh, it's not working. But uh, well, if there if there isn't enough reason, you know, social uh, related reasons to leave the city <laughs> uh, for a business to move out of the city, how about accessibility as a reason to move yeah, out definitely. of the city? And I don't I don't see how the hell they're going to plop a convention here. How do people get back and forth though here? Oh, that's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to work. Well, I mean, the big shots are probably helicopter because they don't care about anybody else, but. But I mean, this this economic stuff, uh, Kevin. I don't I don't know how it it's all going to really play out here, especially if we don't really deal with the with the base the base issue. And then not, so now now what, what are you going to do? Now we have, we have banks. I mean, this bank, First Republic. Every, now what is, what is similar in all three of these banks? There's the uh, was Signature and there was a Silicon Valley. Is their balance sheet is loaded up with bonds? Mostly U.S. bonds, which is by definition in every kind of securities course I've ever taken, you you have to tell you have to tell your clients that, that you know, U.S. bonds are risk free. No, they're not. No, they're not. For God's sake, no, they're not. They're they're risk free in the sense that if you're if if you buy a thirty year bond for a baby, <laughs> and 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 their well first I was going to say first communion that they're seven, but they're christening. Yes, it's it's risk free in the sense that if you buy it, you're going to get whatever the coupon is in 30 years from now or 10 years from now. You're going to get your money. Everybody, everybody is supposed to believe from the U.S. government. But if you buy that bond with a coupon rate of two percent and the rate goes to seven or eight or ten, 
that bond is not going to be worth after six months, six years, ten years, anywhere near on the open market what you paid for it. So to say that it's risk-free is a flat-ass lie. Well, it, it's risk-free free as long as you don't need it to be liquid, too. Well, yeah, but but still, <laughs> it's, you know... it's Which is, you know, absurd. <laughs> but, but that's like, you know, uh, you'll hear people on, on TV because they deal with... They are talking to totally retail clients. I try and elevate my clients thinking a little bit to, come on, you're just not... You're not a retail schmuck, for God's sake. If you bought a stack at, at 80 and it's trading 40, you're down 40. Well, I haven't sold it yet. No, I don't, I don't, care, I don't care whether you're sitting on it, it's sitting on top of your head, you're down 40. Duh. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I, so, but I mean, why? So now every single bank, every, every they, they, it's so easy to, to figure, uh, Kevin. I'm going to say the TLT, which is the, let me, let me throw up a chart of this thing. TLT is a, is a 20 plus year uh, bond uh, ETF. All right, so I'm going to go to five years here, and I'm going to, you know, I'm not Mr. Chart Guy, but I'm, I can do this. I'm going to go to five years. All right, this thing topped out at uh, one one sixty nine seventy four. Call it one seventy. Right, that's when that's when the 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 uh, ten year rate or a thirty year rate got down to what was one point six or something. Let me, let me, by the way, if you want to find out what the what the 30-year rate is, it's the TYX. All right. So if I kick the five-year line on the TYX, we got down to one point. Uh, I'll get the I'll get the bottom tick here. One point one point two, say. All right. So if the rate has gone from one point two to three point six, and the and the the TLT, which is the which is the band portfolio, has gone from one seventy to one oh six. So if you were uh, untimely enough, if you were an insurance company or something, you had to buy these things. If you were untimely enough or dumb enough to buy a 30-year bond at one point whatever percent I just said, you're now down from 170 to 106, which is what? What percent? 65 hours, it's got to be, what, 35 percent? Something yeah, like roughly, that. Roughly, yeah, that sounds right. Um, it's, you know, it's not bad for this time. For, for, for math in the head, yeah. yeah no, I mean, so, our, our people... <laughs> Our, our, our bumps, and, and, and even regular people, because most people can add and subtract, okay, the entire amount of bonds that these people sold over this, I'm looking at roughly from uh, late 2019 to, I'll say, 2022, where, where these bonds were, say, 150 and above. All those people are down pushing 30% on these bonds on their balance sheet. Now, if it's a retail person, you're marked to market because it's on your it's on your sheets. What you get from Merrill Lynch or PTI, I and mean, that's how I made it. It's both equal. Um, you're gonna you, well, actually you're gonna get the sheets from RBC. And they're gonna show that you bought a bond at 160, and by the way, now it's trading 106. Duh. Uh, so, I mean, it, the idea that y- you shouldn't take the loss, or as long as you can work your way through it, you're okay. No, you're not, Kevin. I mean, but so, what is it? What do you suppose the total value? How many? How many? Hundreds of billions of dollars worth of bonds did these mopes send, sell in this two and a half year period that are now all down, say, an average of 30%. The number has to be staggering. And this is worldwide. What, what, do you, what, do you suppose, what do you suppose the balance sheet looks like from the idiots in Europe that bought the stuff at negative interest rates? And now, it's, now the 10 year rate is uh, 2.5. It was minus 1.6 or something, wasn't it? I, I can't even imagine. You, those guys must have paid. What one sixty for a bond that's now trading seventy or something? It's, it's got to be way less than half, isn't it? 
I, mean, I can't even do the math on a, on a negative interest rate. I don't even know how they were priced. Well, there's your homework for the next uh, next day, so that you can uh, you can inform on this one because well, I, I yeah I have no idea what those would be trading at. You know what? How would I even how would I even get a table? You know, I'd have to do it. You know, I'm not as dumb as I look. You know, I'd have to do it if if the rates were two point five now. All right, and they, they and they were what one, minus one and a half. What I would have to do is take the uh, a rate at six percent versus two percent. And see the difference, and just subtract the difference in the two and a half. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds. The math should hold, no matter how you Maybe do it. It won't be exact, but it'd be pretty close. But I can't even imagine what the European Central Bank balance sheet looks like. Now, now time time is on your side, but twenty years—that's kind of a, that's kind of a long time. We're not talking about six months. And that's why you've, you've heard me, you've heard Dan Janitas, you've heard everybody on the show saying, "Stay short, stay short, stay short." Because even even if you get clocked at one percent for six months. And the rates go it's up. only for six it's months. It's only for six months, <laughs> and, but you can't, you can't. So I mean, this. Why are people surprised? These guys that that all of a sudden the, the, some of these banks are in trouble. For God's sake, Kevin. It was the same thing that happened to the the banks in Japan. In Japan, uh, the stock in companies is considered good capital for a bank. It's not here. We at least haven't gone down that road. And, they, and they, what the um, stock market at one point went from what thirty five thousand down to what eight thousand. And every bank was just a zombie bank. Just waited and waited and waited, right? Tried to make money, tried to sell off a bit here, a little bit there, hope the market came back a little bit, which it did. And and they just, every single bank over there was, was uh, uh, they were, that's why they were called zombie bank. But they had plenty, of, you know, there was plenty of cash. You put your money in and you, you got a loan and you could take your money out because the government basically said, we'll, we'll, we'll back the, the day-to-day cash needs, right? But, but yeah, it, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> but 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 on the but the balance sheet, if you ever had to sell that crap, you know, I'm, I'm sure it sat there. They look they look fine on paper until you looked at the real value. But yet they've managed to to work their way through it, right? I mean, you, you can be zombie banks for a while, right? I mean, it's a but why 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 is nobody thinking about raising the uh, reserve requirement, Kevin? Well, let's go. Let's go back to yeah. First Republic because I, I think there's a lot of insight to be gained about everything you're discussing here. Um, so there, you know, as I look at it here, and I'm just doing some reading, uh, it, personalized wealth management services is their big offering. That's that's what they consider their niche, and as a result, not only are they holding a lot of long-term securities, but they're holding a lot of high high-dollar long-term mortgages. You know the kind of stuff that exceeds the Fannie Freddie limits and so on. You know uh, uh, that they have on there, so they really are long on everything. Yeah, and and so that you know that's that's what's hurting them. Now they also lost what was it? Uh, you know, um, hundred uh, uh, billion or something. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred, just an incredible number of deposits. So uh, yeah, a hundred billion something like that. Since Wednesday, um, I'm scrolling here. Yeah, uh, the bank is also looking, and they're looking to sell off assets now. So to to uh, to, uh, to get their balance sheet in order. If you're going to sell off a lot of those, uh, you know, those assets there, the the uh, um, the the long bonds and the and the long term mortgages. What kind of discount are they going to see? They can't possibly be reserved for that. No. Oh no. So so whatever they have in the loan loss reserve, they they're going to have to replenish it and then some. Uh, so you know the 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 
financial losses they're going to take, the, the uh, net income losses they're going to take are, go, uh, are bound to be staggering. Uh, and they're going to continue for, you know, every time they make a sale, if they have to sell off all this stuff, and they're trying to offer a boutique type of service when they have all of their advisors bailing out and they're going to cut staff by 25%. Now, how do you offer this high-touch boutique service when you're cutting all your costs and losing your advisors? I think, you know, they're kind of screwed here in terms of their business model. Whatever they think it is, and isn't that anymore... It's not anymore. Well, Kevin, let's uh, let's go back here historically on some of this stuff because right? I think you'd be the guy I should talk to about this. But uh, just what Kevin was just saying, the the bank stock has been in free fall. This is uh, an article here. I th- I'll read. I'll see what it's from. Bank stock has been in free fall since disclosing Monday that its deposits fell a staggering forty one percent recently, leaving it with one hundred and one hundred four billion in deposits. Evidently, they used to have one hundred. Yeah. They're saying that stabilized over the last month right. after after having the big loss, which which it may have. But um, but, is, but is this? You know, but but that doesn't help. But th- these kinds of banks, um, Kevin, and, and they're and they're around. I remember uh, uh, Marty Kearney and I. Marty was an options institute guy. Uh, he and I went. I was still trading, but he asked me to come with. He was in the options institute. I just happened to be. Happy hanging around Philadelphia. I don't know. Actually, I think we went. Out. We went to see uh, Mellon Bank, which that's that's <laughs> Mellon Bank is how Pullman got Silas Keene out of Mellon Bank. Is Mellon Bank was Pullman's number one bank for some for some reason, and uh, and uh, Silas Keene went on from there to become the Federal Reserve guy in Chicago, and on the board of the CBO. Uh, I talk about the Peter Principle. But, eh, I, didn't, I didn't say that. The, uh, anyway, but I went out there and, it, and I was kind of stunned, Kevin, because the there was no, you know, you walk into a, the first national bank here back in those days, there was one or Continental, the whole first, first floor is tellers and people doing stuff and people depositing stuff and, you know, sitting at tables and maybe getting an auto loan. I mean, the, the, the place was, was a buzz and, and what I would consider to be banking activity. Yeah, retail banking but, activity. But, uh, but this place, maybe there was a teller or two downstairs, maybe. But we went up to like the seventh floor, which is the trust department. And they got all these, I don't know, sort of aggravating, loudmouth young people up there. And I was young, bitching about their maid not getting paid or something. I mean, it was the, that was the trust department where people there took care of everybody's, make sure the lawn got more to the house and all that stuff. And I mean, that was, I mean, and they must have charged service for all that stuff. But I, I have to believe that that those people, that bank, had a disproportionate amount of. Uh, deposits from a smaller amount of people than say, uh, well, First National would have you know the payroll of like Pullman or someplace, so they had those kinds of corporate stuff. But on a retail side, I would think that uh, I mean, Northern Trust is kind of the same way. They've always, they've always, uh, I don't know that they want somebody to go in there and open up a checking account with five hundred bucks. I think they probably don't. Whether they would do it or not, I don't know. But that's not their game, right? It's a it's right, and, and it's be, in part it's because uh, the transaction costs. You know, you, if you when people are uh, in retail banking, they, you you have more higher tra- you know not higher transaction higher transaction volume. So you have to support those accounts with staff with um, you know with all everything that's involved in having all that activity. Whereas if you go to the high net worth stuff and you're managing trusts. It, you know what? You're not. You're just not hung up a lot on day-to-day transactions there, and even with the stuff you do, uh, it, it's low volume. So this is. It's great for margins. It's great for profit margins. 
Until but their trust isn't. department until, has, until it ain't. <laughs> but a trust department somehow has, they probably have a, a brokerage arm attached to it. They got all kinds of stuff attached to it. Whatever. Sure. But I'm saying, I, I don't re- remember in those days that all of a sudden everybody had a hissy fit one day and, you know, 40% of Carnegie Mellon's deposits were out the door or, or Northern Trust. But still, they must, they must have, you know, 20 or 30% of their deposits tied up with 2 or 3% of their depositors. I would think. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's what I'm asking you. I mean, they there have to there has to be banks all over the place that are, are sort of I won't say uh, in in danger of this, but uh, that are that are, are more skewed towards a few depositors than others. I'll, is that a way to say it? And I, I, boy, it's not, that's something I never even think thought to look at. We talk about it, you learn stuff as you go. I mean, so then, if you're going to have an outflow. It, it it doesn't take long for it to spin out of control because it doesn't take many depositors for it to happen. Right, because I mean, if you have, you know, a million depositors, the chances of a ten percent drawdown on any given day are like next to what, infinitely zero, uh, pretty much. Yeah. But if you have four or five people, but I mean, how, how does that how does that balance up, Kevin, with with like? Uh, a General Motors payroll or something coming out of a place. Now, is that just money in, money? I mean, is that counted differently? I guess in the bank, how do you, how do you, how do you segregate one versus the other? Because that money's going to come flying out, but it also just came flying in. I mean, it's a. How, how does that work? Well, it, it's just all part of your, you know, gap analysis for everything. You, you know what, you know what that's going to look like because you have enough history on it. So, so you'd have your payroll might be done out of First National, but the. The money might shift from Continental just for the payroll the day before and the day, the day after it's out. So, well, and, and it's more likely to be in a separate account at your own bank. Okay. Okay. So you know you have your operating account. Um, they they have things. You know, I geez, it's been a long time since I've been involved in this, but you know they used to have payroll accounts used to be zero balance accounts, and the way that worked is um, you know the the account existed just to issue payroll. Uh, checks, direct deposits, whatever, and when they hit, the money would just get swept out of your um, operating account and into that account on a on a as needed basis. So, you know, if you if you cut a bunch of payroll checks and some people cashed them on Friday and so the Friday payday, and some people didn't cash them until next Wednesday, um, that was when the money got taken out of your uh, operating account. Well, so you you would have. Uh... So you'd have a separate accounting for payroll, uh, but you didn't have—you know—you didn't necessarily have to fund it. It would automatically fund, or uh, there would be an automatic. I mean, I was trying to think back of in Pullman days on the on the, uh, the car I was working on. Not that the payroll was, was matched up to that. But, you know, we got like ten percent when the contract was signed. We got another fifteen percent when the drawings were approved, and another ten percent when the first car was. There were there were, there were progress payments. That obviously were way more than the payroll that week, but then at some point you might have gone behind on payroll versus now you either took that out of the the company's cash kitty or else you you had a you had a, a line of credit against the bank would give you that knowing you get a progress payment coming in three weeks. I mean, depending on how it it could be yeah, anyone else. Not with payroll though. When it, the the rules for direct deposit require that the money actually be there when they process the file. Right, but you could, but you could have borrowed it. Another part and then use that for the deposit. As long as the money's there. Right, right. Um, and it's dedicated, they're okay with it. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious as how the, 
especially the Fed, which allegedly, uh, Russell sent me some stuff a couple weeks ago, and, he, and he, he's in the know on this, is that one of the things in, in the, 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 what do they call it, the stress test, I was going to say the litmus test, the, the stress test, one thing they didn't test for is, uh, is for interest rates going up. I guess it's pretty hard to, to, to sell you a bond at some ridiculous price and then say, by the way, uh, do you realize what will happen if that goes down even though I just sold it to you? <laughs> I guess that would be a, a tough conversation to have, Kevin, but, you know. <laughs> well, not, not one that's likely to happen, but, yeah, uh, the, um, you know, I, I, I know someone from a, a large credit union here in Indiana, and he said they stress test all the time and always have. And that's plus or four, uh, plus or minus four points at any given time, and what that's gonna what that's gonna look like to them. Because they're uh, what's the uh, just out of curiosity, what's the, I, don't, I doubt if they have many many loans that are over four or five years. They're mostly like car loans and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know their whole portfolio. I, I, I bet there, be I guessing. bet there's not too many thirty year mortgages they're hanging on to. I would guess not. Yeah, it's unless, a, unless they're unless they're variable rates. So. Anybody who's anybody who's around reprise. during the during the savings loan issue would be. If you have anybody in there that's over sixty-five years old, you're not going to hang on to those because they realize what can happen if the Fed even screws up even more. But this is I I don't know. Is this is this something that's going to be a few of these banks that that have a few depositors and they, and they get basically get 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 their their nose put against the wall? Um, are they going to fill or is this? Can collectively we wait this one out? In five years from now, it's less of a problem, and there's more of these these bonds roll, roll off the table and things like that. Is this going to be something that's always? I circular? think they're going to get gobbled up. I think you know if if, if you're cutting payroll twenty five percent and so on, all you're doing is get you're getting your cost structure in order so that you can sell the place. Well, my 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 question was 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 wrong. It's not what you say; it's what's heard. What I meant was, we're up to three of these banks. Are we talking? Five or five hundred or fifty or where are we going with this? Yeah, I couldn't even hazard a guess, Tom. I I don't know. It's um, it 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 really you'd have to sort of you'd have to go through and see on a case by case what the exposure is. So if we could get a sample of them, I'm sure we could make an assessment. Um, but uh, uh, you know how how many? Because I really do think that there's a, a an exposure with some of these boutique banks that doesn't exist in a, a more of a retail operation. I think you're probably hey. That's what do you say? We take uh, seven minutes here, and I've been I've been uh, sending stuff to to use use guys. Um, I my wildest imaginations, Kevin. I mean, when the Supreme Court came out with this image uh, and like this stuff and everything, and people started. Uh, and they get rid of the sit out the one year. I mean, I, I was, you know, imagine that me always being the pessimist that this might not be the, the world's greatest thing for college sports. I tell you what, Kevin, I'm blown away by the volume of the stuff, the volume of what's going on. It, what five thousand football players in the uh, uh, transfer portal? Well, the, the the girl at the Paul. Whatever the numbers. The girl at the Paul. Thirty. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Thirty universities after, but you can't tell me this girl's going to class while this is going on, or maybe she's going to class, but. I, I mean, is how do you who the hell feels those phone calls or mm. or texts or whatever? How many agents does she have? I mean, what's the bidding war for that? Who's paying these people? I, I, I have I have nothing but questions, and I don't know. Are there answers? Well, yeah, I I have answers, but uh, but I don't think anybody's going to listen to me. Well, I mean, and, look to me. There, there's a, a few things. One is 
I, I don't think it's healthy that you have so many people transferring. It is their right, and and I I fully understand that um, that these these athletes should be able to play where they're happy, where they're comfortable, and so on. And and the deal has favored the colleges forever. The yep. whole oh, yeah. setup has, and and so now it's sort of you know the pendulum has swung the other way. Uh, and it needs to come back some because they, you know it's 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 otherwise it's chaotic, um, and and it really exposes the whole thing, in in terms of how how little about college college athletics can be. Um, so I I I think that's you know that's a factor in there. To me, the big problem that they have right now is this idea that we have collectives and that we pay the players for their name image and likeness out of the collective money and they dole it out which is not they, the same as her going they don't, yeah. they don't dole it out evenly so it's not the same as Caitlin Clark signing her personal deal with Nike right. or uh, or Olivia Miles doing something for on, on a smaller scale with Hello Gorgeous um, you know the, it, it's not that it it's the it's the idea that you just form a collective and they're able to, you know, they're able to find ways to use the name and the image and, and so on um, to make it quasi-legitimate. But the, the issue is that it really is uh, um, an off-the-books employment arrangement for the athletes. Right. And, and the, there is a certain arm's-length relationship with the schools that is there to make it legit but it's not and I am waiting for the day when some player uh, gets injured and files a workman's comp claim against the school saying I'm really an employee of the school by merit of this collective that they were that they work you know and they work closely with them all right well let's uh we only got a couple minutes but let's we'll finish this well, we won't finish it we'll talk maybe more about it on Friday but this girl at DePaul has got me totally intrigued because she's a she's a freshman right I, um, I don't know what year she is. It seems to me she's been around a little longer, but I okay, could be Okay, wrong. so she's whatever undetermined, but she's had a good year. DePaul doesn't have the world's greatest team. Now, but she, they're good. Oh, they're, they're good. So she she sits there and has a good year, and she's in class, and maybe she has friends. Who, who the hell knows? Somebody somewhere must get, get to her, such a bad term. Somebody must get to her and say, you know, you really need to open this up because... There's people wanting you, and oh, by the way, they're probably they're pro- somewhere. The term payment has to be in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so the idea of the transfer portal, which is really nothing more than a website and a database, um, the idea of having that portal is so that when people put their, um, you know, their intention in there, that they 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 enter their name in there, that then everybody it's wide open, it's above board, and everybody knows that's when they can contact the player. The problem is that's not how it works. In most cases, you're finding some of these top-level players have already made their arrangement, and putting their name into the into the database is just the formality that they're using to actually execute the deal. So, I, I have no doubt that there that uh, Morrow had gauged the interest. You know, hey. Maybe someone's going to call me up and say, "Nope, you're way wrong on this. It was all done legitimately." But I, I don't have any doubt that that she gauged the interest. She already has a pretty good idea, at least a very narrow list of schools she would choose, and uh, and if not, uh, if if she hasn't already. But chosen who? But who? My, I guess my my 
South Side economic questions are who put the idea in her head? Who's the guy or girl? Because at this point, she can't hire an agent, allegedly. But she doesn't know the math of this, I don't think, unless that's she's doing that instead of going to school. Somebody's going to say the collective at pick a school, South Carolina. LSU. Yeah, yeah South LSU. Carolina. It is, is, everybody there is getting 200 grand. You're getting nothing here at DePaul, or, or you gotta, you're, eating, you're getting a free pizza every Wednesday night at the pizza joint. Uh, and I, let, let's, let's explore this a little bit. Well, first of all, who's that person? Because nobody does anything for free. Now, yet the WNBA is doing a little bit better, but I don't think anybody's going to take her on the come and say five years from now you're going to pay me 20% of your salary in the NBA or WNBA. I don't think any, maybe would a, would a star, you know, LeBron James in high school, maybe somebody's willing to make that, that stretch, but not, not with her, I don't think. So now somebody, somebody is, is, is going through all these hundred offers for her. I doubt if she's doing it. Maybe her roommate is helping her. But well, she I, may have family involved. There, there, yeah, there but, may be but, lot, but somebody know, somewhere is involved in this now second round of recruiting with money's all on the table. Would well, be well it, it also keep in mind, though, that it doesn't take a lot of research. All the you know the the top players all know each other, and they all talk, so they they know what he, what the others are getting. Right, but they I, I still have to believe that there's there's an expert somewhere that knows hey, South Carolina is working on this deal with these auto dealers or something. If it's signed next week, the the girls' basketball team is going to go from ten thousand a year to to fifty. I mean, some, somebody. I'm saying, like everything else, uh, I mean, look how much more Lou knows, and even though he hasn't been an agent for a while, than any one of the rest of us about what's going on behind the scenes. And i got to believe if he was still an agent, he would know ten times more. There's just so much more information, Kevin, if you're in the business than if there isn't. I mean, he, I mean I no matter how well how her pals may be on South Carolina or whatever, I don't think they're anywhere near in touch with what's percolating than somebody's, if you had a legitimate agent, when I say legitimate, somebody who actually does that for a living. Well, so, and the, the, the catch is that you still have the athletes who are negotiating their own deals with the, as part of the school. So, okay, the school's going to kind of hook you up with the collective, and the collective is going to say, well, we can pay you 50000 a year, or we can pay you 100000 or half a million, whatever the number is. And it's not equal from player to player, so right. you got to believe that that could cause some well, somebody, issues, too. Somebody's negotiating that. Now, so this, this girl it's from all Iowa, getting negotiated, this and, girl from and Iowa, I've seen them fall apart, too. Right, but this girl from Iowa, we got a dash here, this girl from Iowa Signed the Nike deal. Now maybe the family, her older brother and her dad, are a CPA and a lawyer, and that's what they do for a living. And they negotiated it for her. I got news for you, Kevin. Most girls are not going to negotiate their own deal with Nike when they're when they're eighteen years old. Somebody's in there somewhere. And now, can you yeah, pay that person? I have no I mean, doubt. Anyway, well, we'll talk more about this on Friday. It's, hey, we think we're ever going to run out of stuff to talk about? I mean, it seems like we get more and more by the week. Oh, yeah, because i got stuff I was going to talk about today, and we, of course, didn't well, get to that. Well, let's blame Matt. We'll, 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 <laughs> it's all me, yeah. We'll worry about that on Friday. SP Futures up 4, NASDAQ Futures up 91. Mostly, most of that is Microsoft up for twenty up 21.50 after it was down like 9 bucks yesterday. But still, it's up. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. 
Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. No, I didn't. Honest. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I, I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My touch didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault. I swear to God. Hello and welcome to Stacey Jackson. I'm Tom Howell, Matt Byrne on the board. That guy sounds like the uh, guy we were talking about, it. like the, the head economist for the Bank of England saying the inflation wasn't his fault. Oh, man. I just like him. Do we have the uh, Professor we Russell? We do indeed. Russell, were, Hello. You, were, your, were your ears, burning, were your ears burning last night, Russell? Uh, always. But how come? Um, the uh, young lady who lives downstairs... Um, uh, well, she has some issues. I manage this building. <laughs> Why I do it, I have no idea. I'm just there. And I, people, I guess I'm trusted or something. I don't know. But uh, since she can't get any checks, the rent is always an issue, right? Mm-hmm. I, I keep saying, just go to your bank. And I know you, 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 you have Zimbo and Bimbo and all the other stuff, money around all the place. I said, but just go and tell me you want five checks or ten checks, and you're good for the next year of your rent. Yeah. No, we can't. This this is a concept that we can't we can't even get there, right? So, I I have a checking account that doesn't have checks. 
Um, so why do they call it a checking account? Um, well, because you can still make still make all the kind of electronic payments that you need to make. Um, okay, well, I know I'm, I'm acting like Mr. Luddite here, but it's like uh, mm-hmm. our former producer Thomas tells me, Chief, I want, and of course, the guy's like 38. And he goes, mm-hmm. uh, hey, I just went and got my first checking account. Okay, well, congratulations, I guess. <laughs> I said, well, did you get any checks? I can show you how to order them cheaper. Oh, I didn't get any checks. Well, did you get any any cash? Well, no, I don't have any cash. I got my debit card. Mm. And I said, well, yeah. I said, so what, for instance, in the unlikely event, since, you know, he was living downstairs, he's going to school, so I'm always buying dinner, right? In the unlikely event that you owed me 20 bucks. How the hell are you gonna are you gonna pay me? Are you uh, gonna Venmo it to you? Yeah, he That's goes. A new thing, yeah. He goes. Well, well yeah. I guess I can't. And I said, Well, remind me never to bet you on like a football game or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you can't? <laughs> I have no I have no ability to give you any dough. Okay, then I'll I'll have to remember that. <laughs> That's your fault. Yeah, but, but anyway. So anyway, <laughs> she has a she has a little Frenchie. Oh, they're the best dogs ever. Yes. Well, Not she, a she's also planning on a no, a little, a little French bulldog, and she <laughs> is she is uh, convinced she's going to have a set of puppies. Oh, don't tell my kids. And she's they're only going to go to very special people, and she's not going to charge for them. And I said, I know a okay. guy, I know a guy who has. A oh French, yeah, a French we need to, we need to hook her up with the the French bulldog. Rescue of Chicago. I oh think no, she's got one, she's got one going to Bill Murphy's granddaughter down the block. But, okay, but she thinks in, in the unlikely event that your Frenchie actually does uh, die, the one you're, you're hospicing for, that you mm-hmm. you're, since you, you're so attached to her, you're going to need another one, and she's going to reserve one for you. Oh boy, yeah. I I, I, I hope my kids are not listening because that'll that that will create a battle in the Rhodes household. We're trying to. Downsize dogs, not upsize. You're trying to d dog instead of up dog. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to we're trying to send kids to college and dogs to puppy heaven so we can sleep. Oh god, well yeah. The uh, anyway, but your name your name did come up as somebody who is very that really likes his little one that he was supposed to not have for very long, and now look, she's going to be there like and I'll outlive everybody. They're they're the most they're they're the absolute most insane dogs ever. Oh god! My my uh, mother used to have a family. They were big on the Boston Terriers. Mm-hmm. The little, the little similar, similar. Yeah. All those guys. You know what they like to do? They're, they're big on the puppies. They grab the teepee and run around the house and, and unwind it. Yeah, I've seen dogs that do that. That that is not something that that ours has figured out quite yet. Well, that's a good thing. Anyway, yeah. did, I don't know if you were, heard any stuff that uh, Kevin and I were talking about. I was going through this First Republic Bank thing here, and I was. Because you know Kevin worked in banks and so forth, and I was just wondering how many, how many of these little niche banks. Well, they're not little, but I, I was I was trying to contrast. I went out with your one of your buddies, Marty Kearney, years back in the day. Oh, we went yay. to we went to a Carnegie we went to Mellon Bank out in uh, Philadelphia. And it was obvious to me it was not it was not a bank like I had ever been in. It was not a uh, huh. a retail sort of bank. There might have been one teller there, but basically they were. You know, people upstairs digging around through their trust agreements, telling people that you pay the new maid service instead of the old maid service. I'm sitting there going, "What in God's name is this?" It was a little above my pay grade, shall we say? But mm-hmm. they were a huge like investment bank, and Northern Trust. 
And I was wondering what they must have individual clients with you know huge accounts there that are. I mean, it, say they probably have a higher percentage. I gotta say this: forty percent of their deposits are probably less people than than a you know First National Bank, Evergreen Park, or something. You know, I mean, it, I, mean uh-huh. I mean, how many banks sort of have that? Uh, what didn't used to be a problem, but now it appears like it's a problem. And these guys lost forty percent of their deposits in in what six weeks? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, as your big depositors, you. You 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 attract these people, and then all of a sudden they say they're out and they're gone, and you you got a problem. I mean, uh, I mean the money has to go somewhere else. I was, I was trying to put this together, Russell. It was hard for me to do because mm-hmm. it's a it's a big problem. Normally, if people pull the money out of one bank and their balance sheet is secure, and they put it in another bank, so where somebody needs some money overnight, the money has to go someplace. It's it's somewhere, right? So you can, in theory, just borrow the money overnight from the other place, and now your balance sheet's back to being okay, even though there's a limit to the borrowing, obviously. So it, yeah. it shouldn't be that big of a problem. But now we enter we enter the the specter of these bonds that are all over the place on people's balance sheets that if ever you get a whiff of having to, uh, and I'm looking at this stuff, and I didn't, I, you know what, Russell, I didn't realize, even though I do this all day, I had no idea that it was this this bad. The TLT, which is the, as you know, it's the uh, ETF for the twenty-plus-year bonds. I, mm-hmm. I, you know what? You could have given me a test. I would never. I knew it was high. I, I never dreamed it, it traded one seventy. Now it's one hundred six. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking forty percent. Yeah. I mean, if you were to absolutely, yeah. So a period of like two years here, these things traded over one fifty. You know, even even using that average. Say 150, and that's being charitable. You're down a third, uh, and that's that's huge scratch all. I mean, when you start, yeah, no, that's that's a stock market crash. And I don't in bonds. Yeah, and, and this is you know, which we don't get that in bond. We're not supposed to. That that that's that's me like being an academic there for a second. Yeah, the bond market doesn't really you know but how do, do that. How, it's, how do the, it's less volatile. But how does <laughs> I mean, I have to believe that if, if you know, if, if you you don't need another job, but if if the Fed were to hire you, or hire me, or somebody like us that are looking are used to looking at people's portfolio and seeing what bad can happen, not just what good, I have to believe this this is a this is not a blinking light. This is a flashing something something that every mm-hmm. why why don't we raise the reserve requirement? To like ten percent or fifteen percent, knowing this is a problem industry wide. Well, the reason you don't do that is it would, you know, that that we're like just teetering with respect to liquidity. And if you do something like that, that just what would happen is the banks that can do the lending to the banks that need to borrow overnight would would stop doing it. Well. The, and then the the but, banks and I guess the banks would then have to borrow from the Fed. But but someday somewhere yeah. we got to get off of this, this zero reserve requirement. You're right. Today's probably not the best yeah. day. Yeah. But yeah, you you do those kind of things. Hopefully, when things get healthier, how did how did it ever get to zero in the first place? Was that was a green I, that was a green it's, thing, right? it's the sneak it's the sneaky little things that they do to uh, maintain enough liquidity in the system without fully adding it to their balance sheet. 
Well, I think you know, it, it's, it, that's just one of those things you'll hear. Uh, you know, everybody focuses on on Powell's statements, et cetera. And uh, it, sometimes he'll say things like, well, you know, we'll use the tools that we have at our you know, disposal uh, to avoid inflation or whatever. And, you know, the, the reserve requirement is one of those things that they can use. That's not as headliney um, that, that has an actual impact. Well, I was reading. I don't. I don't think you were listening, but I was reading the, the, the uh, this. You were, You probably met this guy, Hugh Pill. I don't know if I'd like that for a name. H mm-hmm. H U W Pill, the Bank of England's chief economist, and he's talking about I, he's talking about I, having to share the inflation problems. Here's here's the opening line. We're facing now is it reluctance to accept that yes, we're all worse off. We we all have to take our share. And he's talking about all the things that caused inflation over there and how you can't be raising prices on the pe- guy down the block because you can because that's not right because he might, might not be able to. Well, the, uh, try and pass that cost on to one of our compatriots and say, we'll be all right, but they will have to take our share. That pass the par- parcel game is one that is generating inflation. Russell, these guys went from 2.2 trillion pounds to 3.4 in, in, in 24 months. Yeah, like in a blink of an eye. Yeah. You, you, you can't blame the schmuck on the street for the inflation. You got to you got to look in the mirror, for God's sake. Yeah, that and and I I don't I don't know if the central banks fully believe that. If they're afraid, if they admit mistakes, that they're going to ruin people's confidence and it's just going to make things worse. Russell, you know, because because there, there ends up being very much of a confidence game with respect to believing that the people that are behind the curtain. Adjusting the levers, uh, know what they're doing. But uh, don't, don't, they, don't they realize that when you take three classes on, on, the, on when you get the monetary theory, you just educated a hundred people that these that should know that did not believe this bull. I mean, are, they, are they expecting nobody to ever get educated here to to realize? I it's so simple to me. I don't I don't get it. I, I suppose. Well, and you know, we ever, I, I, I was um, out playing pool with some students last night. How'd you do? It, um, terribly, but I, it was probably the first time I'd held a pool stick in five years. You don't, um, you don't really forget that game, though. It's, that's one. No, game that I mean, I, you. you know, I know, I know it's about angles and stuff. I just uh, things don't line up particularly well for me. Angle of incidence. Uh, <laughs> equal, angle of incidence. I know. What, I know what I want yeah. to happen when I hit the pool ball. <laughs> Well, did you uh, you ever take physics? Uh, yeah, I know how it all works. All that right. doesn't mean that I'm coordinated enough to make it work. Do you have a do you have a solid bridge? I do not. I I do not have a solid bridge. Well, that's a problem right there. No. I also I, have, I I I don't see particularly well. well so that's, that... <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't help either. Um. So, but yes, I I was talking to them about the markets and you know uh, you know just. They're like, well, how do you make the decisions that you make? And I went through a couple of you know recent trades that I've done and what the idea is behind them. And the one that really gets them is that I uh, I got long stocks at the very end of 2022. I bought um, actually specifically bought Nasdaq futures and, and have pretty much held them since. Um, you rolled them, but held them since. And like, well, you know. It, it's nothing but bad news. It's nothing but bad news. I said, yeah, but you know, the market usually turns before the bad news, you know, turns and and starts to discount it. And I just started to explain, 
you know, how the timing is not exactly the same as all the headlines, then in part of the problem, and, and one of the problems that I have is I have, I have to realize how close it, I am to all of these things and how I, you know, we'll see, we'll see stuff that should, that we think should be negative months before it actually works its way into the markets. Oh yeah, to, to think for a second yeah. that you, that you, you know that you know IBM just signed a horrible contract, and, and if you think you can short it in that morning and by the afternoon everybody will read that article and it'll be down, that's not mm-hmm. the way it works. No, not at all. Um, I mean, I'll give a prime example. When when I was uh, leading into the the end of the tech bubble, I uh, would go out to the West Coast for on behalf of a hedge fund every every couple of weeks, really, and. Um, I would, I, you know, I would go look at the, I would go visit the facilities where stuff that came from Asia into the U.S. All the technology would go through just a handful of different um, distribution facilities, and I walked through, and and I knew that like 3Com had a certain area in that in that distribution center, and and there was nothing there, which meant they weren't getting any orders, and all their customers were you know internet related firms. Uh, it took a good nine to twelve months for that to work its way into the stock market. Well, how do, how do you? Uh, yeah, and and that's you know that when you that, say that's pretty obvious and and very timely at the time, but it didn't happen. You know, it it didn't translate into what you just said. I said when you when you, when you look at the market right now, and it'll take me a little couple minutes here to to set this up as to what I see happening in the Nasdaq, which is not going to. It certainly is not going to pop out as a, a buy or sell because I'm not so sure I want to, you know, which one I want to do here. But uh, let's let's say you've got this. Well, let's not just say the Nasdaq advance has been very narrow. The stocks that were down a bunch last year are yeah. up a bunch this year. So you've got your Microsoft, you've got your Facebook that have had big years. You've got uh, Apple. You've got those kinds of companies, and not, well, not those kinds. You got them and a few more. It's not like there's a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, very similar to 2000, by the way, with Oracle and and, and uh, Cisco and those kinds of things. But you uh, now these things are marching up. Now the new thing is this AI. Now, did we just replace the cloud and B two B with AI? Oh man, AI! You got to be an AI. Just two years ago, it was the cloud. If you were in the cloud, if you mentioned the cloud, no, I, how, you know, how are you going to make money in AI? Well, that's that's my point. How do you make the cloud? Yeah, well, like, you, Kevin, you know Kevin, how you're going to make you know, you know how you're going to make money in AI? You're gonna buy the hard. You're, you're gonna invest in the hardware that's needed to make it run. Well, Vic, just like you, you invested in yeah. blue jeans and the gold, you know, in the gold rush. Yeah, right? yeah. That, I mean, that's. I, I had a student who, an adult student who asked me, you know, if you had to invest in AI, how would you go about doing it? I, I just said Nvidia, because they make the chips that for that go into the the Nvidia benefited from the Bitcoin thing, and they'll benefit from this thing as well. But how you know how is Google going to monetize you know AI? I mean, they may monitor the questions that are being asked to to you know try to per, you know, try to cater to those trends. But and you know the same old stuff that they normally get with advertising revenue, et cetera. But it's not like it's going to be a huge growth driver for them or or really anybody else. Well, you, you've got how do, how do you monetize it? What I'm saying is yeah. what I'm. What I'm what we're getting to is what, we're, what I'm axing, is that mm-hmm. okay? You've got these companies that a are are way too friggin' big, 
If anybody's good, they buy them. The, the government refuses yep. to, to act on them. Okay, so you've got that issue that they seem to have this, not just seem, they have this massive monopoly power, uh, or at least oligopoly power. I'm not, I guess you can tell me I'm not happy about it, but the fact is it, it's there. So they seem to have pricing power when other people don't. Uh, they are big. They have uh, recurring revenue from all the stuff that Microsoft has taken. And, and I'll talk about Google and Apple and the rest of the places. Apple has, people love their stuff. and But you see things kind of narrowing. You see UPS yesterday where the lady comes out and says, hey, we're going to deliver as many, any, as many packages in March and April as, we, uh, as you know, we, we thought we were going to. And by the way, it's slowing down now. Okay, well, you, you can't erase that. that. That's the facts, Jack. Yeah. Well, so, but now you see the Microsoft, to me, doing everything right. Uh, in a lot of ways, right as a monopoly would operate. But also, as somebody came on CNBC the other day and he had a list of all these guys. He had them, he had Facebook, he had uh, uh, Apple. They're, they're, all of a sudden, they're, they're doing the creep. 17PE, 18PE, 19PE, they're all up to like 21 and a half, 22. I mean, I, you know, the list he had, I don't know, in front of me. But, and all of a sudden now, for, for Microsoft, once they get over 20, is usually pretty high for them. And now we're twenty-one and a half, twenty-two. All, all the, all the arrows are coming into one spot, and it's pretty hard to say buy or sell. You, to say buy, you're going to say, okay, the economy really isn't as bad as maybe UPS and other people are, are saying it's heading. So we're going to we're going to dodge that bullet, and and maybe we will. And God, oh, I'm sure as hell hope we do. And by the way, they're still going to retain their pricing power, uh, and even though inflation might come down some, they're still going to be able to nudge it a little bit. They're still in the in the cat's ass position, and they're going to earn more money next year. And his twenty one is going to be back down to seventeen where it belongs. I mean, you, you could you could definitely make that call, or you could say these guys are big, but they're not big enough to to uh, to go against the entire flow of the Mississippi River if the economy turns around. But you can make a lot of decisions here, right? I mean, yeah. And, it, and it's it's not obvious which one's right. That's why there's a market for every buyer. There's a seller, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, I. So where do, where do you I'll list the questions? We got to break here in five minutes. But does the narrowness of the Nasdaq is it beginning to bother you? Is it always bothered you? Because when no, you when you invested in there, right now it's narrower. The up days are narrower than w- when you bought in. I think. Yeah, it's not over. I'm not overly concerned about it. I really, as long as um, you know, on a consistent basis and I, I know that it's teetering on, against this one but as long as the NASDAQ is consistently outperforming the other ones I'm not particularly worried about being long stocks um, and you know it, it's a handful of names in the NASDAQ but it's always a handful of names that are going to drive the performance you know over half the capitalization of the NASDAQ is 10 stocks so but I mean every time know, we every time we've done that before mm-hmm. there's been a fiasco it's caught up with us at some point. I mean, in yeah. 2000, it, it happened in those stocks. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the the difference here is that we're coming out of something as opposed to going into, you know, it's not like we're at the end of a big bull run. We're at the, you know, the end of a big bear run, if anything. Um, so I'm not, and you would expect the, the leaders in that industry to be the ones that, that perform best at the very beginning of an upswing. See, that, that's and the part I that... I think... I think we're closer to the economy bottoming out, and that's why you're start. That's why you're seeing technology outperformance. I I have a 
I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure you're, I'm not sure that you're wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong there because I don't think, first of all, you, your judgments have been better than mine. But I don't know how to judge the last three years because you were so preferred during the money being passed out that you came out smelling like a rose. I don't know that it ever went down for you. If things even out, it might actually be going down for you now. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean Chipotle did fine <laughs> during the COVID. You know, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not so sure that they're in more danger now that somebody else might be able to actually open up next door to them where they couldn't before. Uh, you know, I, this is so screwed I, up. Well, Russell, I, think, I, can't I even... think that I think that stage is a little ways out right yeah. now. You know, but we'll we'll get there. But are, do you do you think that we are going to end up twenty years from now? If we're, I mean, hopefully we'll we'll still be here. Uh, do you think twenty years from now that Microsoft's going to be one of like five firms running everything? I mean, are we going to go there? Or is there going to be some? I mean, at some point here, you have to ask yourself, how big can these people be? Are, are we are we actually going to allow? Apple to be the next car firm. Are we going to like? I mean, or, or are they, they going to be? Are they going to blow up by their own size because everybody ever everybody always does when they get too far out there? Instead of just saying, "This is what we do. We're giving our people a lot of a, a big dividend. If we see something good, we're going to do it." No, they they don't. They seem to want to be whatever industry it is. They want to gobble it up. They want to be the new medical business. They want to be uh, what? What I fear is you know when when government's screwing things up. They do like to point an awful lot of fingers, like yeah, the the price of oil goes up an awful lot. So you know the the administration will bl- has been blaming oil companies for that one. You know, it has nothing to do with uh, how difficult we've made it for the oil companies to extract what they sell, and that we've given the power to other countries to to manipulate the prices against us. But the you know the, the you you see the finger pointed at the oil companies if. At some point, don't you think that that big behemoth tech companies are going to be what everybody starts to blame for problems? Well, I, I, as of right and, now, and, I would, and, then, and then you start. And well, you're talking about a 20 year time frame. Um, at, that at some point, the pendulum swings to where I'm talking about, and you know the government goes after these big tech companies. Well, at some point, I, I breaks them up or doesn't let them I, doesn't let them expand anymore, etc. I think that the, they become too big to fail. I would even even if it doesn't really matter. They they, they, they end up. They end up, well, we've made it so easy for them, and, and Carl talks about this all the time. As soon as you allow people to to uh, borrow money at below the inflation rate, like we've allowed mm-hmm. these firms to do, when other people weren't able to. I mean, you and I could never have borrowed at 2% to pay $6 billion for another company who happens to be doing good and we want to grab them. We're Microsoft yeah. and those kind of guys. That was an advantage that nobody ever should have. You know, I don't. I don't think. You know that. No. It's it's a total. I mean, it's you know you you shouldn't be able to borrow money or or get or from a you know from some municipality to buy a baseball team for five billion. You can send it sell it ten years from now for ten billion. I mean, the mm-hmm. advantages there. We have to go here to, to break because we're. This is really interesting stuff, and it's a. Uh, it you know these these advantages are pretty big, and some of them. You know, you get by being big. You make your own breaks. I get that. Uh, mm-hmm. But some are just. I mean, do we really need them to buy any more firms this year? Leave Microsoft. I I don't know. Do we? Probably not. I mean, but anyway, SP futures up seven. NASDAQ futures up one twelve. We're trying to come back from yesterday. Microsoft's doing its best, up twenty one bucks. But still, other stuff. Google, which had just as 
big of a uh, shoot up last night is up only eight cents. So, so much for that, really. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jackson. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call. 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, Hello, everybody. Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. We're the board. We have Russell Rhodes with us. Uh, and Zoom, SP Futures now up 9. We had uh, durable goods orders just came out up 3.2% versus an expected 0.5. So it's kind of goosed the futures here a little bit, up 9 and a quarter. NSA Futures has been up all morning, up 127. It's about all because of Microsoft, now up 22 bucks. As they came out and said they had a uh, uh, beat earnings expectation and talked good going forward about an artificial intelligence. So they said all the right things, and they are up. Uh, a bunch. Uh, Europe, the DAX down 108.7%, so I guess we're not doing much over there. Uh, FTSE down 31.4%, kick around down 80, that's a full 1%. Uh, they still have banking problems over there, and bank stocks down there, down heavy over there two days in a row. We'll get Russell to comment on that. Over in Asia, we got the Nikkei down 203, that's 0.7%. Hang Seng, which would weigh down yesterday, is now up 139.7% as they continue that almost. Almost or more than 1% move back and forth every day. Uh, Shanghai, however, is flat, uh, down 77 cents, so let's call that one flat. Yesterday, 
Dow down 344, S&P's down 65, NASDAQ down 238. So even with the, the NASDAQ uh, making a big move up today, it's only half of what they lost yesterday. The other guys aren't even close to what they lost yesterday. Uh, bonds, 10-year up one, uh, one basis point to 3.41. The blend unchanged, three point, uh, I'm sorry, 2.38. Japan unchanged at uh, 0.47. Uh, we've got oil. Uh, down 51 cents, 76.56. Actually, gas prices have leaked down a little bit the last couple of days here because oil's been getting clobbered this week. Brent down 9, 79 cents, 79.98. Been a while since Brent's been under 80 bucks. Natural gas down 10 cents, 220. Arbob down another penny, 257. We've got gold up 270, back over 2000, 2007. Silver up 19 cents, 25.08. They were down a bunch yesterday, uh, so they're making back uh, half of that. We're down like 40 cents yesterday. Copper unchanged, 385. We've got Bitcoin up 2,000 bucks to 29,000. They were over 30,000, went all the way down to 27, and now they're bouncing back up here today. So they've been kind of all over, violent within a range there as well. U.S. dollar, whack, whack. We've got the, the euro up to 110.5. Uh, it's the highest it's been in a long time. The pound almost at 125. So again, we've got dollar issues. Uh, we'll talk about that with Russell, too. We had all kinds of subjects for the poor professor this morning. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.36 a.m. on April 26, 2023. This morning in Chicago, clear skies, 38 degrees currently. We're hitting a high of 47 this afternoon. Expect sunny skies today. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 62. Friday through Sunday, cloudy with a chance of precipitation and similar temperatures. In Phoenix, clear skies today, 66 degrees currently, a high of 90 later on. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs win a stunning 6-0 against San Diego Padres, while White Sox lost in a big way against Blue Jays, 0-7. How happy do you think the San Diego Padres were playing in Wrigley Field last night at 32 degrees? Uh, they, I don't think they were too jazzed about no, it. No. Yeah. And of course, Diamondbacks lost to Kansas City Royals 4-5. Last night in the NBA, Hawks beat Celtics 119-117, Nuggets beat Timberwolves 112-109, and Suns beat Clippers 136-130. That's all for now. Back to you, Chief. Uh, Russell, did you, did you watch the uh, Hawks-Celtic Hawk game last night? I did not watch the Hawks-Celtic game last night. Celtics were up 3-zip, then it was 3-1. This is in the series. So last mm-hmm. night, they're in Boston. They're ready to, ready to put it away. I was up at the Boston Bar to Tripoli, and they only had a few people there because it was a foregone conclusion. There's like 12 seconds left. Uh, Boston's behind, or was it tied? No, they're behind, I think. And they, they get the ball, the guy goes in, and they call a foul. So there's now seven seconds left or something ridiculous like that. guy plunks the two, so it looks like Boston's going to win. The guy, uh tells his name? I don't know. The Hawks. Look up, look up the name of the guy who made the last shot. He comes down, he wings up a three from probably 15 feet behind the, the three line. The thing, talk about nothing but net. <laughs> so good. It wasn't just in the hole, it was in the middle of the hole. It's like, like, holy bleep. And so now it's 3 2, and the Boston guys are like, how, how is this happening? It's like, wow. And uh, it looks like, you know, tonight the Lakers, they might. They might be going to beat the uh, the Bucks. Oh, they are no not the, the Grizzlies. Bucks, the Grizzlies, but the Bucks yeah. are losing to uh, uh, Miami. I mean, you know, they got every all the. Well, the you good- know, there 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 are these exciting brands, and you just want to make sure they advance in the playoffs. So, you know, do you really want Los Angeles with all the cool people courtside in the next round, or do you want Memphis? Well, 
with the Memphis. You know, and I and I grew up in Memphis, so I can say that all I want. And there. Well, you can't. So, but you take. It's, it's rigged. It's totally rigged. Well, I think basketball out of, out of any of them might be a little bit rigged, but it used to be a lot rigged. Oh yeah, I mean they used to. I, there, there was some ref that loved, um, that just was absolutely in love with Michael Jordan, and apparently, whenever that guy worked a Bulls game, uh, it was almost like he was cheering for Jordan whenever he'd yeah. make a shot. But you have like the Lakers you know, situation; they've had to, injuries all year. The last month, everybody got healthy. Yeah, and, and then and actually, like Matty Weber, who's our expert on this, not me, said they had the best record in basketball in the last month. So they they have yeah, they, they, well, part of the reasons because they had to. Well, but they had to, but they also. But now all yeah. of a sudden, the Memphis guy, a big center, he's out, right? That's a that's a huge difference. Yeah, they play. lost him, and then uh, Jam John Morant, or however you say that, has had all kinds of issues that so his mind's not totally in the game, which is unfortunate. Um, but. You do stupid stuff, and you know it. it it's going to follow you around. Well, that's the truth. He's doing all kinds of. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to pick on the kid. I really don't. But you know, I, I keep up with my hometown stuff because I still have friends down there, and uh, he 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 needs somebody to to grab him by the collar and and shake a little bit of sense into him about his public behavior sometimes. Well, it's uh, yeah. You get people from. Uh, a background where you don't learn that early from the parents, and oh, by the way, it's well, a lot that, of money on and top then, of And then beyond that, and let, let's just say that we're making the decision. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to deviate into what you were talking about in the last hour. Um, and, and then you've got a situation where you're throwing a lot of money at them at yeah. an earlier age than we used to be. Yep. You know, the Memphis is like the college, uh, their number one recruit is, is a kid who has a mil, a, like, over almost four million TikTok followers, and he's living in a freaking mansion in Southern California already. Yeah, yeah. And he's eighteen, and got mad at some people that that had come to his house to a party or something, and he shot a gun at him when they were leaving the house. And Jeez. now he's got a felony assault charge, you know, felony gun assault charge, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know that that that's another side effect of the nil that that will continue to manifest itself. Here's the thing that I have that, that occurred to me when I was listening to you guys the first hour about the um, name, image, likeness collectives. You know, where's that money coming from? It's coming from the donors. Where's that money now not going? To the schools. You know, if I'm a big, let, let's say I, I, you know, a big University of Memphis, Memphis State alum, and I typically, you know, earmark, you know, hundred grand a year that that's what I'm going to give to the school. So I'm doing really well, and I, you know, I want to donate that to the, uh, you know, athletic department for the scholarship fund. That's not where that money's going now. It's going into a collective to try and pay players. Right. And we and are... what that what that's going to do is it's going to, I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if this further screws up the haves and the have-nots in college sports. Oh, without a doubt. But let's a bigger percentage of Memphis's athletic budget, which you know is much smaller than, let's say, like in Ohio State, uh, comes from you know donations to, to make up a shortfall, because most athletic departments don't make money at schools already. And I can, I can only think this is going to make the situation worse. Um, Alright, let's, let's take some time. Uh, because mm-hmm. I got news for you. The market will be here next week when we're talking. 
Oh, I know. Yes, it will be. So let's since we're on this one and you're your hat on it, and now we're, we we tried to discuss this when I say tried, when this was all kind of starting, which it's still sort of starting. Uh, yeah. We have a, we have a common acquaintance who I won't say was a football star at Michigan, but he was a scholarship athlete mm-hmm. uh, on the CBOE floor uh, under Bo Schembechler, so a long time ago. And uh, he has been getting dunned uh, by one of these groups from uh, Michigan. To uh, and I had dinner with him a few weeks ago, and I was, of course, doing my quizzing, which you know I probably shouldn't do to people, but it's just I have interest. It's your nature. It's my nature. Just I like to learn. Yeah. You know what can I tell you? Yeah. And uh, I said, okay, what are they talking about? Now, it's something separate from the school. I mean, it's got some some strings there, shall we say? But it's it's I don't see how, on God's name, it's a deductible donation to the school. And he said, "No, he thinks." Oh yeah, yeah. He thinks no. It's like an, it's like an LLC. Okay, so if I just following this through because I'm no attorney. Now, if if say I'm I'm Daddy Warbucks and I played center for Notre Dame 50 years ago, and and what's his name, uh, the quarterback was putting one of these things together says, "Hey Tom, we're looking for a million bucks to comp- to compete with other schools." It's not like we want to do it, right? It's always the other guys are doing it, so we, we got to do it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the usual BS. So okay, I, I I pony up the million, but I'm not going to do that every year. I might pony it up for the LLC to be like, a sh- well, you're not a shareholder. You're what are you a partner? Uh, yeah, you'd else? be a limited partner. So okay, now I'm in the LLC. So the first thing that crosses my mind, he knows I'm not writing another check <laughs> for a million bucks every year because I can't even deduct it. So yeah, I mean no that you know that 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 too. So I, my, well, what you end, what you end up doing is if you're if if you were going to donate no money to Notre Dame, um, which is where I think you would donate the money, but if you're going to donate not, directly to the directly to the school, well, if you were going if you were going to if you if you decided to donate to a school, um, and you donated directly to the school, you get a deduction on that. If you were gonna help with the name, image, likeness, maybe you were gonna have you know a, a short commercial on here um, for for PTI, and, and it's gonna be one of the you know somebody that that you I, I think we would pick an underdog guy. We'd try to find the Rudy on the yeah. Notre Dame team. Um, but you could do that, and you could you could uh, use that as a cost of doing business to reduce your uh, reduce your tax burden for your for your business. Well, we're, we're, so not, we're not going to go. They're probably, you know, whereas I don't, know, I don't think you'd be able to do that. Why would we, I guess you'd probably do that? As, why would we go way. with like the smoking hot lady swimmers or volleyball players? Oh my gosh! Don't even. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. But, why, why would I want to uh, go I with? Think, I think the whole. I think <laughs> the whole world has suddenly discovered college gymnastics. Oh God! Yeah. Well, uh, but, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, but now let's, but, but let me follow this through just a hair. All right. So uh-huh. if if I contribute to this thing. The reason why I said that, by the way, is the the first two young people to to jump into this name, image, and one of the first were two twin sisters out of Georgia and a volleyball team who were already yeah. being recruited by modeling agencies because they were that attractive, and they couldn't do it under the old deal. And so, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to be a model when they're in school if they have if they have that ability. Why wouldn't you? If you're a yeah. singer or whatever you are, I mean, it's not it's not just because they happen to be good looking women. I mean, if you were some guy who, you know. Wanted, wanted to, you, you you couldn't even be like in a play in the summertime. 
because that would they considered that your image. I'm sure a lot of guys are in acting school and and could go be in you know some Broadway show for three weeks for God's sake. Anyway, but so okay now, which which begs the question: you being a, a, a graduate school of business professor, okay, wait a minute. If I'm going to continue this more than one year, and I can only hit this chief schmuck up once for this million bucks, uh, what that means to me, and I think means to you, is all right now next year, this thing, whatever it is, can't just at the end of the year be, be bleep out of dough. We, we, have to, we have to start the year next year with the same amount of money as we do now, which means that if, if we get $15 million in that we're, we're become the marketing firm. We're going to go out to Pete's Pizza and we're going to say we're going to have a spokesman for Pete's Pizza and then we're going to go to Joe's you know, Chevy dealership. We're going to do all this work, but guess what? If the Chevy dealership gives us five hundred grand to have somebody come out there, we're only giving four hundred of it to the student because we got to pay our expenses. Nobody at the end of the year, our money still has to be here because otherwise we're not. I can't go back to this chief dude and say, "Give me another mill." He's going to say, "What are you, some kind of moron?" I just gave you one. So that mm-hmm. th- these now have to become real businesses that do this Russell I think because it's not oh, yeah. it's it's not me giving 20 grand a year to Notre Dame if I wanted to and could use it as a tax deduction this is no tax deduction and oh by no. the way that kid's going to get a 1099 and he's going to be shocked when when he has to pay 15% of it which I'm sure he already spent uh, in taxes right out of the gate right just for social security and medicare Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of surprised college. I'm sure there are a lot of college athletes that learned about taxes over the past few weeks. And like Kevin brings up, how how am I not covered by workman's cap at this point? Yeah, I, I've heard him bring that one up. I I, I keep, you know, I, I I keep scratching my head on that one. And I also I I wonder, you know, if if. The universities do have a little bit of liability. You know, I'm sure they have insurance on these kids, and they cover all their medical expenses if they, if if something happens and they can't play anymore. If if you uh, and you and you know, the, there was a uh, I don't there was a time where uh, very top athletes that top basketball players that chose not to go into the NBA, um, there was some program where there was some insurance in case they got injured uh, to to because they would end up giving up some really substantial future earnings. Well, if it, uh, if that, it, that was a couple of decades ago though, I doubt that I doubt that really is I'll give you a thing anymore either cuz they could just go pro. I'll give you the succession of how that has somehow worked. Uh, George Conner, uh, Notre Dame All-American Heisman Trophy winner and I believe he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I went from Notre Dame to the Bears and I was having a adult beverage with him years ago. He's been dead for a while. Uh I was introduced to all those guys by uh, Tom Tully, a good friend of mine, guy he worked for, and Tom knew all these people. Anyway, I'm sitting next to George, and I, and uh, something about it, I said, somehow we got a discussion of injuries, and I said, you know, how many injuries of surgeries have you had? And he said, well, I've had something like 24, 26 injury, uh, surgeries as he went on in life that were related to his football playing. And he goes, I had like 26 surgeries, not one of them was paid for by the Irish or the Bears. So it's paid for by using me, you know, kind of thing. And uh, so, okay, that's not so cool. And one of my buddies, same guy, actually, his his uh, stepson was playing football at, at Chicago, and he tore his uh, ACL. Well, you can actually continue to play with a, with an ACL that 
I mean, they, they didn't used to fix ACLs. They just put a brace on your knee when you couldn't go forward. So then they figured they learned how to. And he told the kid, he goes, look, before you leave school, you're getting that fixed because then it's under their dime and not mine. <laughs> you know, if you, if you decide two years from now, yeah, I, should get, I really should get this fixed, I, why should I pay for it when you, when you, you got it playing for those guys? So he did have mm-hmm. it fixed there. And in some schools now, I think if there's, like Kevin said, there's been issues where if somebody has a, a problem with a shoulder or something that happened at Notre Dame and you have to get it operated on a year or two later, maybe, you know, they've in some instances they've come up with the, the stuff, the, with the money, but it's still not the same as you being able to, like, actually get a workman's comp claim. And, and it, the thing that's weird, and this, this actually not since you brought it up, it takes me so long to get to the question. Have you ever seen an industry, even even maybe an endowed professorship, something like that, uh, where the Russell Chief Consortium is paying the kid at Indiana a hundred grand, and of course he's got to show up at this Chevy dealer or something once in a while. We're paying the kid a hundred grand, but the school he's working for the school. Where they're the ones that tell him, you got to be at practice at six. You got a film session at six. And by the way, the the real practice from three to five thirty. And you are eating here with the rest of the team, and you're only eating what we give you, and 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 all that kind of crap. The the people who, like Lou says, if 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 you're you you can't even really be a consultant. Like if, if you become a, you are a consultant. But I'm going to say, they can't. You're you're getting paid by the gig, for lack of a better term. They can't tell you, Russell, you have to be here at 8 o'clock. Well, if they do that, you're not a consultant, right? You're an employee. No. Yeah. So, obviously, these kids are being told all the stuff that happens to a regular employee. And now they're going to be getting paid. First, they weren't getting paid, which is kind of weird. Now they're going to be getting paid by a third party. How, yeah. how, how do you think this what's, – what's the upshot of this? Well, and, it, you know, the, well, the – the upshot is that it wasn't fair for the college kids, you know, and and there there probably is some truth to it, uh, and and you know, it, it, like you said, the, it was kind of silly that the the twins from Georgia couldn't be models, what because they were, um, but they probably could have been an Uber driver for the summer. No, uh, you know, yeah, they, yeah. Probably. I mean, they could they they could have done some some crappy ass job like I did in college. Yeah. You know, because I don't look like twin volleyball players, um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of unfair that, that that you know they can't hold a job. It's just got to be you know you had to prove that you were doing something for that job um, beyond just kind of showing up and sitting in an office all day. Uh, which some player I, I I know for a fact that well, know, some people always did that. I mean, oh yeah, back at Memphis State used to have uh, a lot of. Uh, hardly show up jobs for the, for the basketball players. Well, you know, I, you there know, were a couple guys it here. Kind of, it was just kind of a common thing. A couple guys here that did that. A couple law firms actually that I know. Of. But you know what? I don't think they expected the guy to basically bust his fanny for eight hours. They didn't. They didn't really want anybody that didn't show up and didn't you know show up in right. a suit. And right. they, they didn't want anybody who just was going to make a mockery of it. I mean, you had. I mean, they, you know, granted, you had the guy doing the copy machines and. Lugging the lugging the valise with you to court, but at least they, they you had to show up. You had to look good, you know. You yeah. had to, I mean, it wasn't yeah. wasn't you didn't do law work, you know, but you did something. I mean, I don't think they really wanted guys that they never even saw. I mean, they, 
You know, the, you know, no, no. Type. No, they would show up, but um, but yeah, they, so there you had they were able to work. They just weren't able to. They were limited into in the amount of work that they could do, and well, the type of work that they could do. And now they, you know, they're they're, um, you know, there's there's money being thrown at. at they're they're getting their worth, and unfortunately, some of them are are that that may be the most money that they make. Well, yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's if, if you know if you're if you're playing on the you know if you're a fairly attractive uh, human being and you're playing on one of the sports teams and a local business uses you for a few things and you get a you know like a hundred thousand bucks a year while you're in college um when you get out and you don't have that school name behind you anymore you, you're going to be a little disappointed when you're, you're not getting the hundred thousand to be the spokesperson anymore and the the new kid in town is uh and now you've got to go out and you know get a for lack of a better way to put it a real job which pro- probably would involve coaching the sport that you just yeah. were playing and you're you're you you know it's going to be a while before you make that money again well russell if the theme if ever if there, if there is a theme and stacks and jacks it's all these diverse things we talk about are really sort of the same subject i mean you and i look at at the market like we did a half hour ago and talk about a lot of these firms it's getting narrower and narrower and the PEs on those firms keeps going up and up and now either the economy is going to have to catch up which we sure as hell hope that's what happens or it can't keep going forever they're not going to double unless they just all of a sudden take over everybody and now yeah. we, we looked at the thing about the girl from DePaul and other stuff with this college thing it's reached the point where the ladies of say freshman sophomore whatever she is very talented now she's she's balancing basically call them offers from 30 different schools you know she's not doing that I mean, unless no, she's I'm like sure, I'm, I mean, sure, well, I'm, I'm sure her parents are well I'm, I'm saying eh, 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 and, I guarantee you and, well, you know, let me finish yeah. that one I'll say that you know if, if I were in that situation I was I, I was listening to you guys talk about that and I was thinking if I were in that situation how would my my parent my parents wouldn't have had the ability really to to handle all of that they they they, they would have I I a family friend from when I was a kid popped in my mind as the guy that they would have gone to and said, "Could you, you know, give Russell some guidance on this?" And uh, the the person I'm thinking of was he was actually uh, an NCAA referee and he was also the general manager of the minor league team that I worked for when I was a kid. And that's that's what I visualize with a lot of these kids is they might know somebody who has some business experience or, or maybe can. And hopefully is a trustable individual to, to offer up some guidance. You can't you can't be judging other people like yourself. That's what Lou always tells me. Yeah. I'm gonna say that in my heart of hearts, I hope you're right. I'm thinking some agent said, Do you have any idea what's out there? If I if I if I could toss your name around and all of a sudden thirty people come in, probably fifteen of them with serious offers some of them maybe not even signed with the schools that they're doing, just like we were talking about, this name engine mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she, she's got all these these balls in the air, and there's the money is in, on top of all of them, and, and somebody's handling this, all this for her. How he's getting paid or she, I have no idea. Now, granted, if, like I said earlier with Kevin, if her mom's a CPA and the dad's an attorney, that then, then your scenario is fine. I'm going to say that that applies to less than 1% of the people we're talking about. Oh yeah, and yeah. So, no, we're talking about real rare. You know, yeah. we had we had Wes on 
um, a few weeks yeah, and yeah. he, you know, a few weeks ago, and he, and and I've talked to him about this, um, and he's a you know he's a swimmer at at um, the Indianapolis. Campus. By the way, he was terrific. And, Oh yeah, he's a, he he loved doing. It. In fact, uh, I I took uh, I took him and, and four other students to the SIBO floor on Friday. And, really? Uh, and, and I pointed out where you were. Yeah, the old, the we old had, floor. We had a tight schedule, and we didn't come say hi. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah. By the way, the, the the guy we were on the radio with, he's in that brick building right there. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I I did. Uh, today's the 50th anniversary of our former exchange. And um, by the I way, there's a, a, I recorded a video they're going to put out this morning about it. There's a little party tonight at, at uh, series. I was not invited. Well, this is this is the all the schmucks that aren't invited to the other party. This is like well, the, the, by by text party. The, the guy uh, uh, Matt, not Matt, Matt, Greg was in on Monday. Uh, works at the series, and in addition oh. to trade, so they don't know if they're going to have two, ten people tonight or two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> nobody order hors d'oeuvre. Nobody I mean, is, are, are trying to get market makers to agree on something a lot like herding cats, pretty much. Oh my God! Yeah, but I now think, the, I think you just say that you, the, the way you do something like that is you say, "This is the place. This is the time." Well, that's what they did. So that's I'm just going to head. Audrey's coming down. We're going to head over tonight, and and, and we're going to see somebody. I got probably ten people from text, and but at least I'll mm-hmm. see a few people. But the official party is over at the New Digs in in May. Yeah, I know. And I have I'm, to teach that night, and I'm going to say, "Well, you were invited." Yeah, I'm, I got to be the only two-term board member that was specifically not invited. No, yeah, I, I, I think I was invited. I think I was um, a little bit of an afterthought because, like I said, I did some things. I did. I did uh, they they have a daily video on volatility, and, and I'm kind of like yeah. on the bench to come in when when somebody, you know, can't do it. But then also periodically I go over there. And I'll record two or three that they could put up at any time, and they asked me to uh, to do the volatility four one one for for their fiftieth anniversary day, which honestly I'm very honored that they asked me. Uh, but then the next day I got an invite to that to the other deal that you're talking about, and part of me wonders if that was like, well, you know, we asked him to do a couple of things here, maybe we ought to at least invite him to the party. Yeah, yeah. well. They- but I but I, I teach in person at, at IU that night, so I can't go, which I'm actually pretty bummed about. Well, because of my views that you probably shouldn't have three people making all the money that thousands used to, uh, I'm not invited anywhere. Ah, uh, well, you're, you're persona non grata or whatever. Without a doubt. All right, but yeah. uh, we'll talk next week. This, this interesting stuff, uh, how this all works out, because it's, it's sort of the same thing. You see all this stuff happening, and you go, somewhere along the line, it's got to straighten out one way or the other, and... and I, I hope that you are correct on these stocks. I really do. I don't, we don't need. I I think we've seen the worst out of stocks. I really do. All right. Um, well, I yeah. your lips to God's ear, but all my all my all my all my clients are long, and, and I'm long with them. So I'm with you. I'm just nervous. They, that's what they pay me to do. Is they pay me to be yeah. nervous, right? You'd be nervous for them. <laughs> all right. Have a good week, buddy. SP futures up twelve. <laughs> Nasdaq futures up one forty two. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to 
your life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. When you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener.